What up, Pod Fam? It's been a while. Sorry, been a super busy week. Obviously, the draft lottery is tonight. A lot to cover over the past 10 days since I've talked to you guys since, but really, really excited. Let's start with a bunch of the questions we had come in. GB Fan asked, best way to store your cards? Currently, mine are just laid out in top loaders, in cases, in my basement, in a room temperature, a little colder room. There's definitely better ways to do it. You can get little briefcases. There's stuff on Amazon that are really good options. It depends if you're going for safety, if you're trying to preserve the card, if it's a raw card, for example. Overall, though, just be smart about it. Like Think about how it is best to keep your cards. Use gloves if you really have high premium cards, but don't overthink it as well. Like These are... They're cards, and they should be kept nicely because they are fragile. So great question right there from GB Fan. Next question, Aut Collins says, Learning about the grading process, is a raw card more valuable than any, than any card that grades under a 9? Great question. So the one instance where under a 9 is okay would be a super, super vintage card. So you look at like a Mickey Mantle, a Honus Wagner, even an MJ. The MJ Fleers, the MJ Fleer I have is a PSA 8, which is still worth about $5,000, which is insane. But most cards in the modern day under an 8 are not going to get a good look, even the ones of the superstars. LeBrons are like the last, you know, more so recent cards that could still hold value at an eight or above but even at an eight a lebron rookie begins to kind of lessen in value of course so if you're talking modern day cards definitely stick to your nines and tens if you're going vintage sure an eight a seven even i mean i've seen twos that hold value because of how old the card is so that's more of like a pre-2000 post-2000 kind of rule um viking horde asked the question is memorabilia such as autos bat balls bats helmets worth investing in it's an interesting question so the memorabilia business is a big reason why cards are a thing because the memorabilia business is so big and it puts value on things so for example in reality the autograph of a player is just his handwriting and the fact that he signed a random helmet shouldn't necessarily mean that it's worth something but because the market says it does that's why it is worth something that's the same thing with cards these in a nutshell are just little plastic or cardboard or paper things but because we understand what is valuable and people will pay for that value therefore they are worth it so going back to the bats helmets etc they've begun to lose a little value just because of the card boom but i don't collect that stuff because personally it's just not my thing but yes they do hold certain values so those are all the questions we had which is going to allow me a bunch of time to talk about some things that are on my mind in the card industry number one steve aoki is into cards and he is tweeting about it he is posting about it and people were saying that this is a bad thing This is the complete opposite of a bad thing. A bad thing would be if the card market was crashing. The card market is going through the roof. People say it's a bad thing because, oh my God, the prices are going to go up. But we want prices. We want more people in the market. We want people spending money around cards. So this is a great thing. 
you got Aoki, you got Gary V, you got Lefko on TNT. You've got some bigger names getting into this game, but we are still in the early days, which is so exciting. So that's a pro. A con that I wanted to get off my mind is the off-season drop. You've seen two notable players of different tiers kind of take a little drop. You have first off Zion. This is the big one, obviously. This is in large part because the Pelicans' performance was horrible. The price of his car going into the restart was priced at a point where they kind of expected the Pelicans to be in that 8-9 play-in game. So you see a little correction in the market. And then Zion just didn't look healthy. He doesn't look skinny. He can't play 30-plus minutes. He doesn't close games. There was a lot of information to take in. So to me, this drop-off has more to do with Zion as a player than the market and the offseason. You've seen a lot of prices stabilize. Obviously, there's been some drop-offs, and the other player I wanted to mention was Darren Fox. His PSA 10 has taken a little bit of a hit. But once again, this to me has less to do about the offseason as it does to do with his potential, his uh, being in the play-in tournament or the NBA restart. You look at a player like De'Aaron Fox, exciting, young, great point guard. He puts up 40 points in game one. The Kings lose the game. He balls out all through the restart, and they look terrible. So I think what the market said was, it's not that the Kings are out of the playoffs. No one expected them to get in. It was maybe we could see some progression. Maybe the Kings could be a good team. And now we kind of are recognizing it's the Sacramento Kings. They are not good. So that is what has dropped those players' prices, in my opinion. I don't think we're going to see a huge drop-off during this NBA offseason. Although we are seeing, you know, as players get eliminated, their prices tend to drop. They're not in the spotlight. So that leads a lot of people to ask me, Jack, should we be selling these players? Personally, I don't think so. I think, yes, you have to accept the 5, 10, 15% drop off during the offseason. That is fine. But in the grand scheme of things, let's do some quick math. Let's say you have a $100 card, right? You know the second that player gets knocked out of the playoffs, he's going to have a 10% drop off. So now your card is worth $90. Just within itself, if you sold your $100 card on eBay, well, now you have $85 after fees, right? So that wouldn't make any sense. Okay, so let's sell it in the Discord. Let's sell it on Facebook. Let's sell it on Twitter. Okay, so you get 100 bucks for your card right before that team gets knocked out of the playoffs. You have $100. Off-season goes. It's August. Off-season goes for two months because of the short off-season or three months. And you try to buy that player back at $90. Okay, congratulations. You have saved $10, but you've also had to take the time, the effort, the risk that maybe that player's price doesn't drop and it goes up to 110 because they get the number one pick. Like, let's say you have a Clay Thompson rate, uh, base rookie for 100 bucks. okay? They get James Wiseman. Th there's no drop-off there. The Warriors hype is only going to push those prices through the roof. So I believe you hold through these times. Now, if you saw something in the restart or in the playoffs that makes you think this player isn't good anymore, that's a different conversation. You can get rid of him before the market drops on him. But overall... This goes for stocks, this goes for cards, this goes for most things that are market-oriented. You cannot time the market. It is virtually impossible. So we use the tips, 
We bet on specific players. We bet on specific brands of cards for a reason. And you just leave your money in when you need to. Or if you can, you take profit. But you don't try to time the market. That's the worst thing you can do because I'll give you an example. Let's say those messy Ronaldos that I talked about for months. We bought them at 40 bucks. I thought, okay, it's a hundred dollar sell price and it went up to a hundred. I was ecstatic. I'm like, boom, we hit our call and then it drops to 80, right? So if I'm like, damn, these cards really are going to be dropping. I can two X. I get rid of those cards, even though I don't need to take the profit. And then next thing you know, these cards are worth 400, 500 bucks. So I just think timing the market can be a very, very dangerous game. Selling for a profit, yes. Timing the market, no. Um, So we are 22 days when you are listening to this podcast away from the NFL season. And I am telling you, if you are listening to this pod, I have a surefire way to make money. Like I promise you, this will make money. Go on eBay. Purchase quarterbacks. Any quarterback that's going to start and is going to be good. You guys know the quarterbacks. I like Kyler, Baker, Dak, and Minshew. Buy those four quarterbacks. Buy them in a PSA 10 or a prison base and send them into Starstock. People in Starstock are paying much higher prices than eBay. And that's fine because they're paying because you don't have to pay tax. You don't have to pay eBay fees. You don't have to pay shipping. So in reality, it's a fair price. But I will give you an example. I bought all the Rui and all the Jaron Jackson off Starstock at the beginning of the quarantine, which was in March, right? I got 60 Jaron Jacksons for $7. I got 30 Ruiz for $7 as well. Those cards went up to $30 and $25 respectively. That is a 3X on 60 cards. If you just get these cards, send them into Starstock, I'm telling you, you can reap very nice rewards. If you have the time, this is absolutely what I would be doing. I bought four Minshews. I'm going to look at some uh, Dak. I'm going to look at some Baker. I have some Kyler on there already. I have some Drew Locke. But I'm telling you, these are great flip opportunities because of all the things I just mentioned. Uh, What else do we have going on in cards? I want you guys to let me know. We are 10 days away from the end of the month, how I can bring value to you guys. We have a massive, massive, massive thing dropping content-wise over the next couple days. I'm so excited for you all to see. It's really cool. It's going to be Netflix for cards. It's going to be a really awesome experience. The webinars are up on YouTube. Uh, You know, the content production is going to continue. The breaks, I really owe you guys. And then an update on the uh, group sub I did. I subbed with KK Sports Cards, like I told you. The cards have gone, have been sent into PSA, so I'm still waiting. It's been about a little over a week since I sent the cards out. And they're just getting to PSA to give you an idea of their timeline. So it's not like you send their PSA tomorrow, which is kind of what I wish it was. But the timeline is fine. So I'll keep you updated on that. Once again, I don't want to recommend any group sub until I've tested them through and through. But so far, been a solid experience. So everyone listening, let me know how I can help, how I can continue to deliver value and help us make money in this group. All right, fam, I will talk to you very soon.